Thanks for tuning in today. It's Kevin from Reach the Moon Podcast. I'm here with Jeff from Rig Hand Distillery. Just actually a question though. How many podcasts do you think you've done like in the last year? Uh, in the last year, probably four a month. Yeah. We have our own TV show on global TV too. So we're constantly filming for that. Um, I'm on 630 Chat all the time when they need uh a liquor expert guy. I'm on the global news when they need a liquor expert guy on there too. So I do lots of them and I speak, I'm the keynote speaker at lots of conferences and things like that when it comes to craft industries, business development, all that kind of stuff. Okay. No, that's a good thing. That That's a really good yeah, thing. Do tons of them. Yeah, yeah. So how did you start your entrepreneurship? Uh, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a little kid, actually. Uh, I started as a shoeshine boy, as a, a preteen actually, and I've always kind of had a little business going all the time. And over the years, I've I've owned uh, businesses in in the dental industry, and a bunch of tattoo studios, and some farming, and uh, now kind of evolved to the point where I got into the craft industries and found a new passion and uh, turned it to craft spirits. Now, did you do anything with the uh, rigs? I didn't actually. A lot of people think I might have, but uh, I just wanted to have something that reflected Alberta. And, uh, you know, Alberta's two biggest industries are oil and gas development and agriculture. So the way I look at it, our product has the agriculture in the bottle and the shape of our bottle looking like uh, a drilling rig reflects the, the oil and gas industry. And what time in the morning do you wake up? Uh, usually about 5.30 or so. And what do you figure is on your daily to-do list every day? Oh my goodness. It's, uh, it's something every minute of every day, honestly. Uh, you know, when we started, I, I did most of the hands-on cooking the recipes and that sort of thing. But, uh, over the last four years, it's kind of evolved to where I do a lot of business development and marketing now and, uh, surround myself with an amazing team of people that can handle the day-to-day -day operations of the business where it comes to producing the product and packaging it and all that sort of thing. So, uh, it, like today, I got here at about six, um, mixed up some uh, some of our stuff that's kind of like Bailey's, uh, started running the still, making some vodka, started cooking a mash to make some whiskey, Did took three or four phone calls from suppliers that we have that are trying to sell us stuff, um, had a meeting with the cameraman for our, an editor for a TV show, and that's all before 10 a.m. this morning. And send a bunch of e-transfers to people we owed money to. So, <laughs> the fun's the fun part about being in business, eh? Yeah, it comes and goes, right? As long as more comes than goes when it comes to money, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, have you done a similar business to this distillery um, or anything from another business that helped you in this one? Yeah, you know, I, I think with every business you build on your skill set, and uh, from my experience owning multiple businesses. Uh, people is the most important thing in your business. And if you're good at hiring people, uh, you can kind of figure the rest of it out, but you do develop skills of inventory management, uh, marketing, all that sort of thing. So I think a lot of business skills are transferable from one industry to another. Uh, when I made the conscious decision to pursue this industry, I, my knowledge base in it was quite low actually, uh, but I knew how to run a business. So uh, we've been very successful over the last four years. Our growth has been pretty exponential. And uh, we've figured the distilling part of it out uh, as we've gone along. That's really interesting. I used to work in your building. 
uh, upstairs in the front of it. Did you really? Oh. <laughs> Uh, it was called Keystone Action Carriers. I know that sign hung around up like in the front for a long time. It did, yes, you bet. I remember the sign when we moved in. Yeah. You were moving in like a few months after I moved out. Yeah, that makes sense. How long have you been in that building or how long have you been producing a sellable liquor? Uh, we've been in the building for four and a half years and it took us almost 10 months to get to the point where we're allowed to sell anything. There's a lot of regulation in this industry. Uh, when it comes to alcohol and taxation, all that sort of thing, and licensing. So um, we, October 17th, 2015, we sold our first bottle. So do you feel like it was a firecracker start for you, or was it a slow burn, or is there something different you would have done? It was a slow burn, definitely. Definitely a slow burn. Uh, you know, uh, we were really working hard to get the equipment set up and, and get the building set up the way we needed it to and get our licensing in place. and financing all that sort of thing and we finally had our first batch done and we thought all right here we're ready to have a grand opening we'll throw open the doors and people are going to come and buy every drop that we have and we threw open the doors and very few people came because we forgot about advertising <laughs> uh it didn't matter that we had a great product we had to tell people that we were here and at that time actually we were one of the first distilleries licensed craft distilleries licensed in alberta we actually had to explain to them what a craft distillery was people were very familiar with the craft beer industry so i would say yeah we're starting a craft distillery and and uh, people would say well what kind of beer are you going to make so uh, we had to do some education and teach people that you could actually put that craft concept into spirits that the same as it already been done with beer so it took some time uh, and a bunch of money to to get that education component in there. Uh, but now, four and a half years later, there's 31 craft distilleries in Alberta. I believe there's about 15 or 16 more licenses pending. And uh, we don't have any trouble with uh, with recognition anymore when we walk into some place that we're trying to maybe get our liquor on a bar shelf or into a restaurant, that sort of thing. Is there something that held you back that you didn't really expect? I think always it's uh, finances is the biggest limiting factor you know if you're a creative person and you're passionate you know you I know my nature anyways i'm impatient i want everything as fast as possible sort of thing and, and it takes money and uh, those resources are limited so you have to make decisions and prioritize things and decide you know what's going to get the business the farthest ahead the most cost effective way so if i had unlimited money uh, we'd be we'd be right neck and neck with Seagrams by now, but we don't have that situation yet, unfortunately. What would you say your objective is in actually operating your business in a personal level? Well, it's funny you ask that because uh, a lot of people think that you get into a business like this to get wealthy, and you know definitely there's there's that side of it. But uh, I like a challenge. That's my personality. And I like new things. Uh, I get bored easily. And with this industry, I'm never bored. And I'm trying to accomplish something big is what I'm trying to do and to prove to myself that I can do it. Uh, when I was younger and had these other businesses, uh, I remember my father commenting one time saying, it's easy to be a big fish in a little pond. And I kind of took that to heart to say, as a, you know inspiration to try and move up to bigger steps. So we're trying to build build our brand to be an international brand that's recognized worldwide. And uh, it's a scary thing to do sometimes. If you're experienced in business at a certain level and you're, you're comfortable writing those thousand dollar checks, you move up a level and then you're writing $10,000 checks and you're not sure if 
the money's going to come back the other way with an extra zero. And then you move up again in business and you got to put another zero. And each time you move up, there's another zero goes on the end there. So you got to get comfortable with that risk level that you're at and have faith that uh, you've done your homework properly and your business plan is solid and that you're going to get that return on that investment. So I'm trying to do it to prove I can do it. <laughs> I've actually never asked anybody publicly this question. This is usually a wife, uh, like a question my dad and I talk about or my wife and I talk about. Mm -hmm. How much money is a lot of money? It changes, right? You know, when, 20 years ago, $1,000 was a lot of money, you know. And uh, we're to the point now where, you know, I'm writing $100,000 checks, $70,000 checks all the time. So... Uh, but it does take a long time to get a comfort level with that. I, I didn't come from a wealthy background. We were very poor growing up. We actually didn't have indoor plumbing until I was in grade one. Uh, so, you know, had bread bags inside of our, our boots because <laughs> they would leak kind of thing. Uh, uh, so to go from that poor upbringing to having some affluence, uh, it takes a huge shift in mindset. And it's hard to not feel guilty about making money, but, but you have to realize that you've worked hard to achieve that and nothing has stopped any other person from doing the same thing that you've done. So you shouldn't feel guilty about getting to that next level of wealth. Um, I don't know what a lot of money is. I'll tell you when I get there. Like I said before, I'm not doing this for the money. That'll be a, that'll be a byproduct of it. Um, when we do get to that point, I'm sharing most of it with the people that have helped me build it, my staff. Uh, I'm just doing this to prove a point that I can do it. Is there something that your customers are actually really benefiting from that you didn't expect from your product? I, what I think the biggest benefit to the customers of all the craft industries is variety and choice that they never had before. You know, historically here in Canada, there's been a handful of companies that have had a stranglehold on the liquor industry for the last 85 years. So you didn't have a lot of choice on what kind of vodka you got or what kind of rum you got or what kind of beer you got. Now you have all these little companies starting up. You know, we make 49 different kinds of hard liquor. We make, uh, we have quietly have a brewery license as well. So we make six different types of beer. And we also now have a meadery license, a wine license. And we're making five different types of wine. And that's just us. Uh, and you think about 31 craft distillers in Alberta. And there's 71 of them in BC. And, you know, the variety that customers have now. And it seems like, you know, and I said before that I, I have a bit of a short attention span. So does the consumer nowadays. They want to try new things all the time. The craft beer aficionados, they don't seem to want to taste the same beer twice. They always want to try something new. So here's this amazing plethora of spirits that you can go out and sample and try and, and share with your friends. And it's created a whole new conversation. And the biggest spinoff out of it is how much benefit it is to the local economies where these businesses are operating. Because our principles as craft producers are to only buy from local growers only employ human beings rather than automating our plants and create a whole bunch of spin-off economic benefits for our community. So there's there's benefits on both sides of it. Do you find your location has helped you at all? Yeah. Being your name and also like, you know what I mean, we, I find we are the world hub for oil. Our, we kind of got forced into this location in Niskua. Uh, we didn't want to be in an industrial park out in kind of the middle of nowhere was kind of how we thought, you know, we wanted to be on White Avenue where all the action was or down across from Rogers Place where there were 20,000 people going in every night for a concert or a hockey game because the traffic flow. 
but uh, there's some safety issues when it comes to distilleries. Uh, so they don't really want a, a distillery blowing up on White Avenue. So um, we kind of had to go out to a to an industrial area. My wife has had a business in Leduc for the last 26 years. So it seemed like we had a good base of people that already knew us in this area. And we didn't realize actually how good this location was going to be just by happenstance, uh, being close to the airport has been an incredible benefit to us. Them, you know, there's about a hundred thousand people that go to the airport every day, and the number of people that go pick somebody up at the airport and stop in here on the way back and say, "Hey, let me show you this cool place before we go to my house," kind of thing, or vice versa. Somebody leaving town wants a memento, they stop in at the distillery and pick up a couple bottles and put them in their their uh, checked luggage and take them home because you know, what reflects Alberta more than a bottle of vodka and a drilling rig bottle, you know. Uh, and the the community support that we get from the Leduc, Beaumont, Devon, Nisku area here is just phenomenal. There's a very strong, uh, passionate following of people that are proud to live in this area. And they support every business that operates here because they want these businesses to stay and grow. So it's been a great thing being in the Nisku area. How can I help you reach the moon? Well, you can do the same thing we ask every single person that comes into our facility for a free tour. Please tell people about us. Uh, I can spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on advertising, and there's nothing more effective than a person's word of mouth and going and talking to the next person they know and saying, hey, I went for a tour at this cool place. You got to go check it out. Or somebody that listens to your podcast, um, mention it to somebody else so that they listen to the podcast or follow up and come and visit our distillery we're all about creating a unique experience for people here and uh, we believe if we do that properly people will continue to talk about us i hope you yourself have a chance to come visit us sometime because we're doing this over the phone but uh, i would love to meet you in person and give you a tour of our facility well thanks for the invite i'll most definitely take you up on that that flight of caesars you guys have there looks uh, delicious (laughs) is there a pitch that you've made in the last month that either went well or didn't go well? Pitch that I've made in the last month. You know, the way that our business works is if you make the pitch, uh, it takes a year or maybe two years to come to fruition. Um, So I made a pitch to a guy from Quebec about a year ago, and he's a guy that buys uh, ice wine from the Niagara region and wants to ship it to China. And he needs a partner that'll uh, fortify this from 12% up to 25% and put some flavoring in it. It's kind of his recipe that he has and uh, get it flown over to China. And they sell it over there as a premium uh, fortified ice wine, Canadian product. And we've been talking for over over a year about this. And I just actually this morning got an email from him. He's finally got all his ducks in a row and we're going to start packaging this stuff for him next week. So, um, you know, Maybe some of the pitches that I made last week are going to come to fruition. Maybe they're not, but it takes a lot of time. Uh, on Friday last week, I uh, stopped into a restaurant that I've been in there 20 times trying to get them to put our product on the shelf and dropped off sample bottles and done tastings and just happened to catch the per- right person on the right day. And now our stuff's in there. So persistence pays off with these things. Uh, it's not the kind of business where there's a real quick turnaround, a real quick deal. I, I, that has not been my experience anyway. And I think no matter what the business is, it's that persistence is what wins out all the time. High quality product or service and persistence. Is there a local company or a even just Canadian-wide company that um, 
helped you a lot that you wouldn't have expected to get as much help from them as you did? Uh, I got a ton of help from uh, from the guys that own Last Mountain Distillery in Saskatchewan, in Lumsden, Saskatchewan. And I wasn't sure if that would happen or not. My family farms in Gull Lake, Saskatchewan, which is a couple hours away from there. And when I was in the business planning phase of, of uh, setting up Rig Hand, I was down on the family farm harvesting and we got rained out for a couple of days. So I phoned up the owner, uh, Colin Schmidt, and uh, asked him if I could come up and ask him some questions and told him that I was starting a distillery. And uh, and he said, you know how many guys come in here for a tour and they, they're not very upfront about what they're up to and they start asking more and more questions and pretty soon you realize that they're, they're fishing for information because they want to become your competitor. He, goes, he said to me, uh, you were very upfront. And uh, that doesn't happen very often. Sure, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you and share information with you. Just bring a case of beer and let's have a chat. So, uh, and he's ended up being a huge mentor to me. Uh, anytime I run into a jam, I pick up the phone and he helps me out or gives me some good advice. And he didn't have to do that. Uh, you know, we aren't directly competing with him, but his products are on the shelves in, in Alberta. And, and their signature drink is a dill pickle vodka. Uh, and quite often our garlic vodka is right beside it on the shelf. So I tease him if our product is selling better than his or whatever. But uh, it, it's very nice that are, there are people like that in the industry that are willing to share and help newcomers out. Uh, we've taken that as our philosophy too. Uh, we've trained quite a few other guys that have set up distillers in Alberta. Uh, even one fellow we gave him his first deal to help him get started. So we believe there's enough market share for everybody. Uh, what we believe is that the craft industry needs to steal market share from the big boys that have had it for 85 years, the Schmiernovs and Seagrams of the world sort of thing. And if we all work cooperatively, we have a better chance of achieving that, I think, and improving the knowledge of craft within within the market there. That's really interesting. About 12 years ago, I reached out to somebody in Toronto I met at a trade show in Kelowna. And uh, Kelowna was a neat market to start off my first business in because it's such a tourist-based town. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've kept in touch with a guy. He kind of disappeared on me about five years ago. And I think he moved south and got onto the industry completely. But um, Oh, yeah. Because he, he had kind of talked to me about leaving the industry. But, you know what I mean? He gave me so much advice and same thing. Completely free and it was all over a handshake while he was on vacation kind of the reverse role but i learned a lot from them yeah it's nice to have those mentors i i don't care how old you are you know i've got a couple of grandkids uh, i still need mentors and people to look up to and model myself after and i've done that my whole life so i think that uh, if you're somebody young that's starting out in business you need to find somebody that will help mentor you anybody in the family work with you or for you <laughs> the whole damn family <laughs> No, uh, pretty much. Uh, you know, my wife still has a full-time job. She's actually a dentist. And uh, when she finishes up, she works 7.30 to 2.30. She's usually over here at 3 o'clock helping bottle. Um, two of the kids are here working. Uh, got uh, three nieces and nephews that are working here. My sister. I just hired my sister-in-law last week. Uh, so very much a family business. Uh, of the 24 people that work here, half of them are family. And where do you see yourself uh, at the end of the rainbow? Uh, proving everybody wrong. At the end of the rainbow. I have a clear vision of that, to be honest. Uh, you know, we lease the space in Nisku that we're in right now. And as you know, it's a building that's designed for oil field uh, industrial setup. And it, it's not the most picturesque and most ideal setting for 
a distillery. Uh, you know, when you, you close your eyes and you picture a distillery in Scotland, you, you picture the beautiful rolling hills with the cattle grazing and the lazy creek, uh, you know, and uh, that's that's the master vision that I have for our business. So uh, we're actually very close to realizing that. Uh, we just bought 30 acres of land about two miles south of where we're located right now, directly off of Airport Road with a nice lazy creek that feeds into a lake. And uh, we should be breaking ground in about three weeks on our own facility. Uh, we're building basically a western town. And we're going to put all of our production, uh, distillery production in this building and also have room for events and weddings and all that sort of thing. And my my vision is uh, down the road to be sitting on the front veranda with my buddy Mike that we started this business in our rocking chairs, uh, reminiscing about how how young and, and energetic we were when we started this thing <laughs> and enjoying a nice glass of bourbon. Very cool. Nice, uh, nice touch. I like that. Is there anything else that you want me to touch on um, before we end it? No, I think you've hit everything. Uh, I, I really appreciate that uh, you're willing to do a story on us and, and uh, involve us in your podcast. Um, all us little businesses have to help each other out as much as possible. Well, that's why I started it. Like My reason is, like I said, I do stump grinding. That is the dumbest thing in the world. It pays all my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's in my blood. Yeah, but no one's going to sign up to my Instagram account just because I chew up tree stumps. Yeah, I understand. So <laughs> I needed to reach out with something a little more cool, a little more free flowing. Yeah. And the connections I've made, I f- feel actually could go deeper and deeper. Um, and I hope and that that's all part of my wrapping my head around my own business. Yeah. Is I don't want to just do a podcast with you. It's how can I reach back out to you in six months and keep the the wagon like getting pushed along. Well, that's that's one of like I said before, people are the most important thing in any business. So if you can build those personal relationships and do them properly, uh, they last forever. Um, you know, if we set up a, a a relationship with a farmer, say we want to make sure that he benefits as much if not more than we do from that relationship so that we don't spoil that and down the road have to go looking for another farmer uh same with a liquor store same with a bar or same with anybody that we deal with uh, and i think if that's your philosophy you build this incredible network of people and organizations around you i, I call it a spider web and uh, and it just continues to grow and grow and it benefits you you just have to trust in karma <laughs> put in all the work and the effort at the beginning Oh, you know, I mean, that's the thing is being in business uh, for myself. I can't believe how many people have saved my number like from five years ago. And it's like, you're still calling me back. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Nobody else but you. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's perfect. Yeah, that's what you want. What's uh, so special about that flight of Caesars? (laughs) So uh, we've got four different types of liquor that we're putting in that flight of Caesar, actually. So garlic vodka Caesar is our most popular cocktail. Uh, the garlic is locally sourced. The grain to make the vodka is locally sourced. The garnishes that we make the Caesars with are all locally sourced. Uh, there's a fill in millet that makes uh, makes Rimmer hog spice. We garnish it with a spicy bean from uh, Mojo's Pickles, which is a local business in Edmonton. Uh, we have a pickled horseradish vodka that we've made uh, as well, and that one we garnish with locally pickles, local pickles, I should say. Uh, 
the third one that we use is a habanero uh, lime vodka that we've made for habanero's restaurant in Leduc. Custom vodka we make for them. And that one uh, is garnished with Will Help Beef Jerky and other local Leduc business. And the final one on the flight is the London Dry uh, Gin Caesar. And a lot of people make their Caesars with vodka and not realizing you can actually use gin or, or even if you got real creative, some other spirits in there. So uh, that one... Uh, what do we garnish that one with? We, that one we garnish with um, with a, a piece of pepperoni from Range Road Meats, which is another Leduc business here as well. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you talking with me today, Jeff. I'm having fun. This is uh, that's really this good. This is a job that doesn't feel like work most days. The days that it does feel work, it's worthwhile at the end of it. You know, that feeling of satisfaction of getting through something tough is a nice reward. I, I think. And everybody that works here, I'm so lucky they've got that same passion. Actually, we started this we started this business really at the depths of uh, of the bad economic times, and uh, there's some benefits to that. Actually, you know, sure people don't have a lot of disposable income, but they, uh, for me, I was able to lease space more affordably than I would have if it was booming. And when it came to hiring good good quality people, um, I was able to kind of cherry pick all the best people because nobody was really hiring at the time so it's not a bad thing to start up a business when it's uh when it's a little bit slow that's a really really good point um i i was actually yeah i was just talking to somebody the other day you know i mean if things are slow now and we can live out and hash through we'll be pushed up to the top when uh things start going again that's right um well, thanks for tuning in today. It's Kevin from Reach the Moon Podcast. Um, I really appreciate you sitting down with me, Jeff. Uh, what's the best way for people to contact you? Um, I won't answer a phone very often uh, unless I know it's you phoning, Kevin, but uh, email jeff at righanddistillery.com uh, or check out our, our website, uh, righanddistillery.com, or come out to Niskew. Uh, we do complimentary tours and tastings every day. 10 to 6 during the week and noon to 5 on Saturdays. It's a, it's a trip you won't regret. Cheers for sure. Cheers.